What is a summertime patriot? Y'all heard me use this term many times. A summertime patriot is someone who is willing to stand up for what's right and willing to take pride in their nation and stand for the rights and liberties and freedoms that we were granted just because we were born here. When it's easy. When it's popular. When it's fun. When it's cool. There are people that talk a good talk, but they do not walk a walk. When shit gets hard, they run. When it's time to make that hard call and say that hard thing. Well, it's don't rock a boat, don't cause drama. Well, surely it can't be that bad. Well, come on. They'll be better than that, won't they? And they sit there and they do nothing. And we've all been guilty of it for far too long. It's how we got to this particular part. Wake up! These are the times the dry man's souls, the summer soldier and the sunshine patriot, will in this time of crisis shrink from the service of his country. But he that stands by deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What obtained too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. We seek fellow winter soldiers, because unlike the sunshine patriots, we stand by our country. Through thick and thin, doing whatever it takes to serve it, including exposing the crimes of those in government, in order to steer it back to the right track. Let it be told that in the depth of winter, when nothing but hope and virtue could survive, that the city and the country, alarmed at one common danger, came forth to meet and to repulse it. The term winter soldier is contrast of the summer patriot, who deserted at Valley Ford because things got hard. We were drawing the blood red line, have to be the winter soldiers now. We could be quiet. We could comply and live peaceful lives, but we feel because of what threatens this country, the medical tyranny, the silencing of dissenting voices, not from foreign nations, but our own government, it is why we must speak and stand. Remember the final line of the declaration that we mutually pledged each other, our lives, our fortunes, and our secret honor. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It must be fought for, protected, for if trouble must come, let it come in our time, so that our children can live. Hello, hello, welcome to another episode of Winter's Call Podcast. I'm Odin. This is Tia. And today we're going to talk about what I see as the ultimate Trump trap. And we're going to talk about wars and rumors of wars. Because, oh boy, do we have a doozy. Of some articles today. You're going to love these. Or not. Probably not. So uh, let's talk about the Trump trap. Uh, Google, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram have all changed their rules for talking about COVID-19. You no longer are forbidden. Verboten, if you would say. You know, the way that they have been treating us. You're no longer verboten to speak about how the vaccine won't stop you from catching COVID-19. 
You're no longer verboten talking about the uselessness of masks. They have updated their terms of service and what can and cannot be said about COVID-19. As a matter of fact, if you pay close attention to the media, you'll understand that now they're saying that the vaccines are bad. But why? Why, oh why, would they admit to a failing vaccine program? Why, oh why, would they sit here and be turning their back when they have the COVID cult, the people who go out and get their boosters dutifully, who wear their masks and face shields and social distance. Why? Because they're going to lay it at the feet of Trump. Trump, who has been praising his actions in Operation Warp Speed. Trump, who wants, uh, who wants the credit for bringing the vaccine in only nine months. Trump, who can't keep his fucking mouth shut about how successful the vaccine rollout would have been if he would have been president for another four terms, are now getting documents released saying that they pressured the FDA and the companies to get the vaccine out for political purposes to make it look good for his re-election campaign. So now, because he wanted to take all of the credit for it, and the efficacy of the vaccines is not 50%, it's not 100%, it's negative 12%. Negative 12, which means you're more bound to get sick if you've had the vaccine than if you didn't. And they're going to lay as much of the blame on it as possible. I can hear you saying, but Odin, don't, aren't they still trying to push the vaccines? Yes, but you will notice the turning point where it will be, but our vaccines are safe. Our vaccines are proven and went through the, the proper research purposes. I had mentioned a couple episodes that uh, Pfizer... And all of these companies had basically sold out and took whatever, brought whatever they could to the market as fast as possible. That would be Trump. And then I mentioned that I thought it was strange that Merck signed a contract with the government several years before COVID came out, right, with the vaccine of undeterminate origins. And then Merck refused, like they initially came into Operation Warp Speed, but then all of a sudden dipped out because they couldn't find a safe one. So Merck will come out with a vaccine that's safe and effective. They didn't get caught up in the Operation Warp Speed. The government contracts will go through. They'll make buku bucks. And wouldn't you know it, Trump is at fault, Pfizer is at fault, Fauci is at fault, but we'll have a new round of vaccines. This one will be much safer. This one will be effective. And the COVID cult will be appeased. They'll have their next booster lined up and waiting for them. Right? The people who are against it will be like, well, this is the safe and effective one. And then We'll just continue on and 
when Trump runs for 2024, I expect that in 2023 or shortly after he, you know, when we start to get real close to the primaries for the next election, you're going to hear all these people come out with all of the things that we were told as that we were conspiracy theorists for spouting vaccine injuries, vaccine side effects, vaccine deaths will all be laid at the feet of Donald Trump. The ultimate Trump trap. Because he won't, he is not the type of guy that's going to sit back and go, well, you know, I didn't have that much to do with it. No, no, no. He owned this baby. As much as people have told him, you want to step away from these vaccines, he, instead of doing that, he runs headlong into it. And for some things, that is an admirable trait. But in this case, I think he's being played. They're playing on the character of the man to guarantee that he's going to step into that trap. And then, I guarantee when, it. And then when they sit here and it gets now, we had mentioned two days ago the Nuremberg trials. Right. Those still exist. If Trump owns the vaccines, they can bring him up for human rights violations because of the Nuremberg Code. <laughs> well, shit. This is my new conspiracy theory. What do you think? Then they can hang him for treason. Human rights violations. The saddest part about that is I could see it. And the best part is, is that the people who would support him will then be called Nazis, more than they already are, but would be called Nazis because they were okay with this human experimentation. You support Trump. So obviously you agree with what he did. Even though that's one of the sticking points with most people when it comes to Trump is why does he keep pushing these stupid vaccines? His ego won't let him drop it. Just like his ego won't let them drop, won't let him drop the 2020 election results. He cannot drop it, even though those are the two things that hurt him in the polls the most. Dwelling on the 2020 election and the COVID vaccine push. Like, he was pushing boosters. Like, I could understand, hey, we needed something right now to sit here and, you know, COVID was this horrible fucking disease. We needed to reopen the economy or, or people were going to die of mass starvation, suicide, and mental illness that, that did happen. But it was going to be exponentially worse. We needed to get this out in the market is one thing. But then to sit here and push boosters? Second booster? Third, third booster? booster? Here I am. The year is 2025. I'm on my 35th booster. I'm starting to grow gills. I'm not for sure if this is normal or just a regular side effect. Fair. This is the Trump trap that I see coming. Because they're playing the character of the man against him. What do you think? That's terrifying. 
do you like my theory? Human rights violations. And then, you know, all of the people who screamed, uh, uh, rallied against the vaccines, Nuremberg Code, Nuremberg Code, when he's brought up on trial because of their, they're going to start releasing the data on how bad the vaccines really are. And they bring him up on charges under Nuremberg Law, right? The Nuremberg Code. Then where does the right go from there? You can't back him. You were yelling at him for it. Then you get to find out who really is in the cult of 45. Because you'll have the people who will back him no matter what. And those are blind followers, which are just as bad as those on the left who are in the COVID cult. It's a trap. The only thing he can do is sit here. I don't know what he could do because he can't do shit. Because he has, he's on record too many times saying it was my, it, it was one of the great accomplishments of my presidency. How many times did you hear? No time, no time in history. This was huge, huge that we brought a vaccine to the market in nine months, folks, ladies and gentlemen, a huge best ever. Nobody ever did it as good as he did. Yeah, that would be the only way he could avoid that is if he would shut the fuck up. <laughs> and that's not going to happen. No. No, it's game, not. set, set, match, match. And it will be the match because there will be people who will be. I cannot believe they arrested the president of the United States for human rights violations. To stop him from running. That is how you start a civil war. Because the right will say this is a partisan investigation. And the left will say, hey, you guys preach about wanting to seek the truth all the time. Look at the evidence we have. And now we can talk about it. Now we can talk about it on all the social medias about how bad this vaccine is. Now we can Now there are still certain restrictions like you cannot say uh, you cannot say that it causes you to get cancer or other diseases, but you can say that there are side effects. So I wonder if I get all my videos back that they fucking took down. No. Or they take all of the COVID fucking warnings off our Spotify. <laughs> Probably not. I wonder if the little boxes disappear underneath mm. the, the videos. Yes. Yes, as a matter of fact, it will. Do you want to know how I know this? Because mm. YouTube has been quietly going through in all of the places, all of the YouTube videos where... They sit here and they said, hey, we mentioned last year that these were bad. Are gone. All of the places where they encouraged that you get a vaccine. Now, here's why if Trump runs, I will still vote for him, even though I think it's a trap. Right. One, they raided his house and he said, release all of the documents. That's, that's the first one. The second one is because... It will absolutely piss everybody off if he gets it again. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm not seeing a problem. 
Fair. So you ready for the wars and rumors of wars? Yes. This one, All right. This one I can do it. Let's start with let's start with the big one. Russia has decided to cut Ukraine off entirely from the Zap nuclear reactor. Ukraine wants to sit here and shell it. Russia took it off the fucking grid. The last two reactors that were still active, they shut it down. It's no longer tied to the Ukrainian grid. Which pissed off Zelensky and he swears up and down that he's going to take vengeance upon them for taking down the reactor. Uh, But it's for safety protocols, right? Right. (laughs) Oh wait, it gets better. Last night at 3 a.m., Putin was pulled into the Kremlin. There was an emergency meeting of the Duma on Ukraine because there was an attempted assassination of the president of the Russian parliament. They had a meeting. They're going to give a speech to the UN and the international community. They met to finalize that speech. Now, we don't know exactly what that speech is officially, but what we do know is that Putin made a decree. It is going to, in, they pulled Russia, decided that they're going to make their military 2.4 million Russians strong. They have... what? They're going to make their army 2.4 million strong. In the next coming weeks, they suggest that it will increase the size of Russia's armed forces by nearly 140,000 men. Or, sorry, 137,000. Right? He rushed to the Kremlin last night. Uh, It was the first decision regarding the war in Ukraine. Possibly it concerns other fronts to open in the long run. For example... Transnistria, Georgia. The increase means that the size of the Russian army will go from 1.9 million to 2.4 million people. Uh, Due to the risks uh, that the country faces in the Baltic and other regions, uh, especially with the entry of Finland and Sweden into NATO and Finland and Lithuania trying to fuck around and find out and block off the Baltic Sea. (coughs) The decree, according to them, uh, uh, the military personnel, uh, they're also going to conscript. They're planning to go to war seriously, right? Well, they don't have a choice in the matter. Yes, they do. They don't need to conscript people. They're conscripting people because they're going to finish something off. And their stories that's that will tell you what's about to happen. Joy. <laughs> so they are offering, here's how you know it's not actually officially a conscription. Uh, they're, they're, they're offering the best and the brightest to come in. Here's the, uh, 
there's a contract with a payment of 260,000 rubles per month. Right? They'll also uh, that uh, those who join uh, will get three days of service considering the average salary in Russia. I think there'll be a lot of people who want to sign a contract. So they're they're doing what the U.S. military does. Hey, we need people in this field. So come join and we'll pay you $30,000 as a sign-on bonus. Kind of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to end well. So American military officer has said Russia's created three major offensive battle groups, south, center, north. And he, when he unlocks Ukraine's current defenses, he'll unleash the dogs of war. Russia is also amassing massive air power. We're talking about four to 500 combat aircraft, which have not yet participated in the war. They'll provide close support and strategic bombing. The key to the development is the city of Avdika. But, you know, they say, you know, this line, and then they move the line. So, but they say once Avdika falls, everything else unravels. Uh, the U.S. has ordered every American to leave the country before they know what's coming. Ukrainians are leaving Kiev. They're accused at the border. At the same time, Ukrainian governors are now working to reinforce shelters. They know that the Russians can attack and destroy the nation at any time that they choose. German foreign minister warned of the possibility that the war in Ukraine will continue into 2023. Uh The United States expects strikes on the decision-making centers in Ukraine within the next 24 hours. The U.S. has warned Ukraine that in response to the actions of the Ukrainian military, decision-making centers may be hit. Uh... Intelligence agencies warn their citizens that Russia is likely to strike on decision-making centers in Ukraine. The U.S. intelligence community and main intelligence dictatory of the Ministry of Defense Ukraine did this synchronously, uh, which shows the consistency of their action. <sighs> so how about this one? Happy birthday, Ukraine. Iskander missile instantly kills 200 Ukrainians. A Tu-22M3 leveled the bases of fighters carrying the AGM-88s. The that's the ones that we had taught them to attach to their MIGs. Yeah, well, they just took it out. Uh, it was a huge 24 hours worth of bombing launched by the Russian Air Force on the occasion Ukraine's Independence Day. Uh, They fired KH-22 missiles against airfields. Uh, They destroyed the base, the 831st Tactical Aviation Brigade of the Armed Forces of Ukraine in Mirgorod, Poltov region, using KH-22 missiles. They're capable of reaching speeds of 4,000 kilometers per hour. According to the Ukrainian sources, the Russians tried to destroy the aircraft uh, used by the Ukrainian Armed Forces and carrying the Americans. See, that's what I said. There are four specially modified MiG-29s. It is unknown if the Ukrainians rescued them. They did not. Three regions of the Ukraine, uh, Ukraine, Poltava, Nikolov, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce that one, received heavy airstrikes. Not to mention the fact that Russia also sat here and took out a couple of railway centers. So, 
Yeah, the ice the Iskander hit a train station. Uh the the missile, the Iskander, uh hit a railway station, uh killing two hundred Ukrainian soldiers. Uh as a result of the direct hit uh on a military echelon in the uh Chaplino railway station. Uh, more than 200 reserve servicemen of the armed forces of Ukraine and 10 units of military equipment were destroyed on the way to the combat zone. At the same time, high-precision missile strike by the Russian aerospace forces in the area of Novi Bug settlement uh, in the Nikolov region destroyed the command post of the Kakova group of Ukrainian troops. 64 servicemen of the armed forces of Ukraine were killed and seven units of military equipment were destroyed. The Ukrainians claimed that ordinary civilians were killed but can't provide any numbers. Of course not. So, uh, Ukraine lost a minimum of eight fighters in the bombing airports of Poltava and Denpiro. Uh, uh, high precision weapons. Uh, hit the military airport, destroying five fighter jets and in another place to kill more fighter jets and destroy or killed another 30 soldiers. Basically, yesterday, they just went, mm-hmm, time to play. Want to fuck around and find out? You so, found out? So, as you can tell, Russia has decided to step up their game. Now, why is this important? Because we continue to pour money into that area, right? Which makes no fucking sense. I mean, the Ukrainians are crashing in Kharkiv. The evacuation of the areas have begun. They're losing the southern part of the city. They're 15 kilometers from the city. Uh, uh, from the city, the elite first Russian army. So now they're going. The the last two reactors in operation have been shut down. By the way, we were I was terrified that because once they shut those down, if they don't hook them back up to their own independent power source, like they're off the grid, right? But still mm-hmm. run them. Uh, they had 90 minutes. And there was no backup. So after 90 minutes, it's in meltdown mode. Uh, Russia will announce referendums on the occupied territories within the week. I don't like it. Now you're ready for the story? Yeah, let's go. So I told you that... uh, I told you that we that Biden gave the order that we could bomb Syria, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just Syria. It's Iraq and Iran. Why is that important? Israel called, has called on the West to abandon negotiations with Iran. They, Israel will not stand a nuclear Iran. Will not. So then we get this new story today. The U.S. green lights strike, uh, green lights for strike against Iran. Israeli F-35s have entered Iranian airspace, and Israeli submarines have entered Iranian territorial waters. Because that'll end so well. 
Israel has entered the final stage of its preparations for a strike against Iran. They're going to bomb Syria, Iraq, and Lebanon against Shiite pro-Iranian forces. Saudi media reports that Israeli F-35s have entered Iranian airspace while Israeli submarines have entered Iranian territorial waters. Israel crossed Jordanian airspace following the direction of Iraq with a possible entry into Iranian airspace. Situation clearly shows that Israel is preparing to attack Iran, probably waiting for the outcome of the nuclear deal. They're waiting to see if Biden will capitulate or if they can uh, if they can step down. Here's here's the sticking points for those of you who don't care because you're worried about Biden or Trump. Ready? Here's what you need to know. In the negotiations with Iran that the United States is having, right, other than just giving them pallets of cash, right, so we sit here and we have uh, Iran says they want it written in the treaty that uh, no matter who becomes president next or whatever powers next that they are uh, that it doesn't change the condition because remember uh, Obama made a deal with them and then they sit here and once Trump got in office he went that's stupid we're not doing that they don't want to go through that again I can't blame them and the U.S. stipulation is we can send the IAEA to inspect and investigate your facilities at any time. And Iran is like, no. <laughs> if we allow a nuclear Iran, Israel will strike Iran. If we fail to uh, come to a treaty... Israel will strike Iran. And here's the best part. Iran and Arabian media are saying that Israel and U.S. troops are secretly preparing for strike operations in Iran. So, as for the Israeli F-35 fighter jets that have penetrated Iranian airspace several times in the past two months, they're doing it again say that the aircraft successfully evaded Russian and Iranian... Now, pay attention to the countries that I just said. Evaded Russian and Iranian radars during the operations. Russia is now backing Iran. If Israel attacks Iran, tensions are already tight between Russia and Israel. If they continue to poke the bear, you want to know why? You want to know why Putin is increasing the number of troops? He understands that there will be multiple fronts very, very fucking soon. Yeah, that's terrifying. So, 
Uh, the repeated arrival of American B-52 bombers. Remember, I, I brought those up a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago? In the Persian Gulf region, a comp- uh, company by Israeli fighters confirmed fears of possible attack on Iran. In any case, the violent confrontation between Israel and Iran in the Red and Mediterranean Seas with the involvement of the Lebanese Hezbollah is not excluded. <coughs> Uh, interesting of note is that the training of the fighters to penetrate Iranian airspace is accompanied by discussions about the imminent conclusion of a nuclear deal with Tehran in Vienna. According to an Arab source, Washington and Tel Aviv are preparing to strike Iran's nuclear facilities when forced to do so when negotiations fail. At the moment, there's information that at least one of the two submarines of the Israeli Navy is in close proximity to the coast of Yemen, but is not in danger of approaching territorial waters of Iran. While the other one is, Israeli submarines perform reconnaissance operations are close to monitoring the Iranian spy ship Beshazad, disguised as a truck, and its escorts, the frigate Jamaran and the helicopter carrier Hingman. Israel sees the Iranian group as a threat to itself and its allies. At the same time, Israel and the United States are conducting secret intensive joint exercise in the Red Sea. They simulate a strike in Iran by sea and air and even practice seizing Iranian warships in the Persian Gulf. And the United States just decided that they're going to provide Israel technologies against the Russian P-800 Yaktov anti-ship missiles belonging to Hezbollah in Lebanon. So Russia's sending weapons to Lebanon and we're sending weapons to Israel. Because what could fucking go wrong? I am convinced at this point. I'm convinced at this point. Uh... That if there was a war on Jupiter, the United States would send people there. Yeah, but it'd be a war between like two single-cell amoebas. And see, that's life on Jupiter, but it's not life here. (laughs) So shit. Sorry, wrong topic. So... They're announcing the biggest attack so far. Israelis and Americans have now officially bombed, using an AC-130, AH-64 Apache, and fighters, Iranian targets in Syria. This was... What day is today? Today. Today. Like, less than an hour ago. <laughs> the So, okay, so... They just published this story. So let's see what it says. You and me will go over it together. The possibility of reviving the Iranian nuclear deal is diminishing as U.S. forces have officially launched the largest ever airstrikes against Iranian targets in Syria after Israeli F-35s invaded Iranian airspace. Earlier, U.S. media reports said that U.S. President Biden rejected all of Iran's proposed concessions to revive the JCPOA nuclear agreement. Israel is quick to emphasize, however, that any agreement does not bind it and that it will continue to operate against Iran. 
According to the information, the Americans hit Iranian positions in the Deir Ezzor area in Syria for the third time in 48 hours. CENTCOM stressed that U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria are on high alert following recent attack by Iranian-backed groups. The United States does not seek conflict with Iran, but we will continue to take the necessary steps to protect and defend our people. A few hours ago, Israel also began bombing Iranian and pro-Iranian positions in Syria. Strong explosions occurred in Tartus and especially in Masayef. Videos show that Syrian air defenses have been activated. When's the last time we used a B-52? They're part of our nuclear shield. It's been a while since we've used one, right? No, they they operate all the time. They're just yeah, normally they they fly in a circuit. Yeah, but when's the last time we used one to actually bomb a position? Well, when was uh, Gulf War? Okay, it wasn't a B fifty two that dropped the Moab, was it? It's possible. Okay, I just kid. I got to thinking about it. I was like. Yeah, we don't usually use those for anything outside of our nuclear arsenal. Like, well, I don't. Well, we still use we still use B fifty twos as bombers. They're just high altitude. They're dumb bombs, usually because they they may be cheaper. But when we're trying to keep civilian deaths low, we don't usually use dumb bombs. But if it's a huge military complex, we can use dumb bombs. All right, so U.S. President Biden ordered airstrikes on facilities used by Iran-backed groups in Syria. I was wondering how long it would take before they start uh, airstrikes. At the direction of President Biden, U.S. military forces conducted precision airstrikes. And uh, I read that part. Uh, said Colonel Joe Bassino, Director of Communications for CENTCOM. Strikes are intended to defend and protect U.S. forces from attacks like those on August 15th against U.S. personnel by Iran-backed groups. Today's strikes were necessary to protect and defend U.S. personnel. They were a proportionate, deliberate action to contain the risk of escalation and minimize the risk of casualties. Biden ordered the strikes under Article 2, which gives the president the authority needed to protect and defend U.S. personnel by hindering or preventing attacks by Iranian-backed groups. The United States does not seek conflict, but will continue to take necessary measures. U.S. force remain in Syria to ensure lasting defense, uh, lasting defeat of ISIS. Wars, rumors of wars. It's interesting because remember before World War One, everybody was rumbling back and forth. Everybody was, you know, had different, you know, which treaty actually outweighs which treaty, which alliance actually outweighs which alliance, because they were all allied or had treaties of one form or another. And look at where we sit right now. The United States has got fingers in both sides of the fucking pie. To the point where even our own allies wouldn't help us if we got in this situation. You think NATO is actually going to go to war with Russia, or are they just going to sit there and take it? They're going to war with Russia. Now, what's the over-under on them winning? Depends on who escalates first. Okay. 
I'm curious as to your logic on this one. If Russia escalates first and it gives NATO the moral high ground? No, 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 no. Okay, so... Or is it more he who strikes first you know, gets the advantage? That's true, uh, but I don't... That That's not exactly what I was thinking. What I was thinking is, is that if uh, Great Britain... Or, you know, if Ukraine, okay, if Ukraine strikes hard, right, uses nuclear material to attack Russia, right, Russia will be totally justified in nuking the shit out of Ukraine, right? Like scorched earth gone, right? And can justify it because they were attacked first. And hopefully clearer heads would sit here and prevail. However, I don't think that there are any clear heads. I think that uh, EU needs a war uh, because their economies are suffering. They're being held hostage by their stupid fucking green policies that won't allow them to uh, pay for gas and... Uh, they know that they can't trust the United States to help them out with their energy because we're so woke, we're retarded. And the fact that we're two-faced as shit. Biden just gave the okay last week to let banks do business with Russia again, even though there are sanctions and they're making the American people suffer for all of it. Wait, we're banking with them again? Some of them. Some of the banks are banking with them. It's selective. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it doesn't have anything to do with the level of donations that they made. No, nah, not 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 whatsoever. Uh, also, <laughs> well, <laughs> oh fuck. So let me let me make one final appeal because we're probably not going to have a podcast very much longer. Let me let me make an appeal. Prepare. The elites are starting to prepare. The elites have prepared. There's go. They're already talking about potato shortages in the United States. There are farmers in California and on in the West Coast, West area, right, that are already being cut off of their power and their water. Joe Biden decided that he's going to find the Amish for inappropriate butchering and farming practices. They're going to send the people, they're going to shut down the banks, they're going, let's put it this way, I don't say this very often, if you have the ability to head into the fucking hills and grab your supplies and just disappear, fucking do it now. Because... You're going to lose your water. You're going to lose your freedom. They're going to choke you out. They're coming, and they're coming fucking soon. They have armed their government agencies to come after the people. We're talking war. They're going to enact the War Powers Acts, which will allow them the extra constitutional powers. And then they're never going to give it back. If you think they're going to, you're a fucking fool. If you have the ability to gather food now, when, listen, listen, the elites are already prepared. When, when COVID happened, they were the elites. They had people, personal chefs come in to make them food. 
they could stay at home and swim in their multi-million dollar mansions and swimming pools with movie theaters and they sat around and sang I can only imagine or whatever fucking bullshit song they sang, right? They didn't care about you. They don't sympathize with you. They didn't understand what suffering was. Even if everything goes well and the worst thing they do is sit here and enact their green agenda, they're going to buy their tax credits to continue their carbon tax credits to allow them to live the lifestyle while you can't fucking afford to pay for a cheeseburger. Do you understand what I'm saying? I want to point something out. July, last month, right? Now, I live in the middle of nowhere. But July, last last month, I was buying a dozen eggs for $1.79. I went in to the, the convenience store where, or the little mom and pop shop. It's four oh five for a dozen eggs. Right. They're going that, to Sarah and starve you to that, death. Though. Yeah, but just imagine that though. If it's something that simple, which is just a base ingredient from a bunch of other foods, if that's going up that much for a dozen eggs, where it's almost you know what, a doubling at least, tripling in price almost. You know, when you when you consider that and realize what happens when you do that in an exponential stage where everything's doubling, tripling, quadrupling, and the next thing you realize, you go out to buy a pizza that's a hundred fucking bucks. Are you awake yet? Do you understand they're coming? Go to the fucking hills if you can go afford to go to the fucking hills. Grab your family, grab what you love, and fucking get the fuck out of society. Because the moment that the American people finally wakes up and realizes what the fuck's going on, they were killing each other over toilet paper. When it's food and water, it becomes in- in- infinitely. And if they know you're a prepper, you're a fucking target. They will come after you. They will cannibalize you if they can. Understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. No anecdotes. No nothing. This is a direct warning to the people listening to this. Get the fuck out of Dodge. Because the moment that the American people wake up and realize that their money isn't worth anything, that they're going to have to sit here and... When you have leaders in Europe, Canada, and the United States saying the time of plenty is gone and now we have to suffer and sacrifice for the good of the earth, you're fucking lost. You're done. They don't like you. They hate you. They're going to kill you off. As long as you're willing to be their slave, their serf, or their sheep, they'll keep you around. But the moment that you try to resist, they're going to kill you off. And there, there is no other way to put it. At this point, you either stand up, you become a slave, or you fucking die. That's it. And with that, thank you for joining us on another episode of Witcher's Call Podcast. I'm Odin. This is Tyr. And we'll see you again. Bye-bye. Ugh.